Praise the Lord. You glad to be in church? Yeah? Isn't it fun to have the presence of the Lord in our midst? Coolest thing ever, yes? And glad that you're all here as well. If, you, uh, if you're giving your life to the Lord, what a cool season to be coming to the Lord, you know? Uh, be sure and get a hold of us on that number, would you? And let us help you grow in your walk with God. And uh, if you, uh, as that announcement was just saying, if you want to get baptized next Sunday, uh, one of the funnest things we do is our water baptism. We hope you bring a friend to Resurrection Sunday for church. Yes? Uh, How many of you know somebody you're already working on? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. How many of you... Every head bowed, every eyes closed. How many of you can think of somebody to work on this week? Get a mental image of how handsome they are or how desperately they need the Lord, right? Come on, yeah? Let's, uh, let's make this week just a, a week of invitation and just intentional. Uh, you know, there's... Uh, We know that there's some statistics out there, very, very true statistics uh, from surveys of Americans where where they have said they would go to church if just somebody would invite them. They really don't know where to go. And if somebody would invite them, they would go to church. And we know that uh, the presence of the Lord is here, the love of the Lord is here, The love of the Lord through God's people is here. So it's part of the importance of encouraging, inviting people to church. And so many people make their way back to God through a gathering with a congregation, with a friend that they can trust. Again, statistics say it's not television. uh, It's not commercials. It's usually not a flyer in the mail. It's a personal invitation that gets them to go to church. Amen? So, Lord, we just say, use us this week. Um, we thank you that we have your joy. We have your grace. We have, we have the richness of Jesus just exuding out of us this week in such a manner that we collide with the destiny of those that are hungry, those that are open, those that are looking, those that are searching, those that are willing. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to preach on kingdom culture again today and uh, segue this into Victory Sunday. So uh, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, hold it. Next week is Victory Sunday. Jesus rose from the dead. Yes, 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 yes. This is a different kind of Victory Sunday. Uh, Next week is the trump of all Victory Sundays. Uh, But today we've set aside this day for us to launch into our 2018 uh, goals and visions and uh, accomplishments uh, and some of the things that are just on our heart, and we'll share on those a little bit later. But I want to start in the Word this morning uh, talking about that kingdom culture is increase. Now, the last few weeks we've had uh, love, we've had honor, we've had unity. I want to talk to you today about increase that this is the culture of the kingdom, and it's part of what uh, is alive within you. And as you come to the Lord, you recognize it, and 
And I think sometimes we come to the Lord and we recognize, like, the zeal for increase within us, and then some well-meaning brother comes along and says, that's the devil. But I want to show you today that this is the heart of God. The heart of God within you is increased. And we're going to start with Genesis chapter 1. Let's go to it together, and I'm going to read out of the New International Translation. Genesis chapter 1 and 28. And we're going to launch into a theme that goes all the way through the Bible. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now, I'm going to bring emphasis to three of those words throughout this whole passage. We know me well enough that the fourth word we're going to leave out. Because if I got on the fourth word, then we could side rail the whole sermon. Subdue. How many of you know? Favorite theme of Pastor Duane right there. Yeah? So we're going we're gonna to skip on that one, but I want you to focus on this theme of increase and how God launches us into this theme of increase right off of the beginning. And what's interesting, too, is that he brings this out in reference to making us in his image and his likeness. This is the context, that God is making us in his image and likeness, and then he declares this over us as he gives us dominion over the planet, be fruitful, increase, and fill. Be fruitful, increase, and fill. Now, immediately we can conclude that that's also a part of God's nature, that this is, this is flowing out of God, that fruitfulness that increase, that filling is actually a part of his nature. And we see it time and time again in all of his communication with us. How many of you have heard the phrase, be filled with the Spirit? All throughout Scripture we can find instances where these three words are emphasized Because this is the culture of the kingdom. This is the culture of heaven. This is the culture of the nature of God. Wherever we find him revealing his nature or revealing his blessing, there will be increase, there will be fruitfulness, there will be a filling. And there will be synonyms. If I use some synonyms of that this morning, that's that's okay too. There's going to be a wherever we find him, expansion growth and increase. This is what blessing looks like, fact is. This is what fulfillment looks like. This is what, even for us, this is what's woven in our hearts. It's woven in our hearts. If we're barren in any area of our lives, then we cry out. This is the prayer of Jabez. Oh God, that you would bless me. This is the prayer of every mother. This is the prayer of every would-be mother. God, that you would bless my womb. We see this biblically, but many of us have experienced it today. It's not just a metaphor in the Bible. It's the way we're wired. We're wired to be fruitful because it's of God. It's a kingdom thing. I was thinking about God and thinking about the universe, and I'd, I'd heard of this, and I don't know if you have, but, you know, just even woven into the universe, did you know the universe is constantly expanding? 
the universe, another, another outgrowth of God, another expression of God, another tangibility of his intangibility, an, uh, the universe. And, and so here's what somebody said about the universe. I thought this was good trivia for you. You okay for trivia? Imagine the universe as a loaf of raisin bread rising in the oven. As the bread bakes, it's stretching in all directions. That's our universe. The raisins aren't growing. They're just getting carried away from each other further and further as more of the bread expands between them. Now, that's a picture of the universe. I think it's a picture of God. I think this stuff's happening on purpose. Because this is a picture of God. God is a God of increase. The kingdom is a kingdom of increase. It's a kingdom of multiplication and growth. God loves this. This is of Him. And He's wired this in our hearts as well. From the beginning of His blessing on the patriarchs, Abraham's family grew. fact is, He shouts, He declares this promise over Abraham multiple times, right? He takes him outside of His tent. And he shows him the stars, and he says, as many as the stars. Can you count those? That's your lineage. Did you know today we're a part of that? Did you know today we've been grafted into Abraham's lineage? He declares over him in Genesis chapter 12 that through you all the nations will be blessed. There's another time where he says, can you count the sand on the seashore? That's your inheritance That's what's going to come out of you. God wants to give us this picture, and he does give us this picture of growth. Isaac's family grows. Jacob's family becomes a great family of sons who were promised a land. And then we see kind of an interruption. It's an interruption that we're going to talk about this week as we move through this week. We see an interruption of bondage. Bondage is the antithesis of God's nature of God's heart toward his kids, of God's kingdom and God's kingdom culture. We see the children of Israel sojourning into Egypt, first to be rescued from a famine, and Joseph proceeds the way. Joseph goes before them, and then they come under bondage. And it's interesting, the bondage that is working as really a sign, a picture, a metaphor of Satan's dealings with mankind and the work of the enemy to subvert and to, to harm mankind, that bondage begins to move in such a way that the midwives are instructed to kill the children. And now all at once we see the opposite of God's heart, of God's kingdom, of the kingdom of heaven. We see destruction, we see death, we see harm, we see restriction, and in the midst of that, they begin to cry out to God. This week, we're going to commemorate their freedom. God worked a prophetic act in their deliverance and then has set in place a commemoration of their deliverance from that time on. And this week, we celebrate. We're we're a part of that. We've been brought into that because what God did with them, bringing them out of bondage, God does with us through Jesus and brings us out of bondage. 
God wrought a mighty deliverance. Many of you know the story, and thus the book of Exodus. And this was God's heart of increase, multiply, and fill. Didn't I tell you increase, multiply, fill? Didn't I tell you increase, multiply, fill? Isn't this my heart toward you? Hold it, hold it. What's coming up into my ears? Something's restricting. Something's harming. Something's limiting. Something's oppressing. Something is killing. Something's reducing. That's not my heart for these people. So God's called into action. You know the story. And and Moses is called to come and, and to act as God's mouthpiece and God's deliverer. The plagues come and then the firstborn will be taken. But Israel is spared by applying the blood of a spotless lamb to the doorpost and the lintel, the mantle of their homes. And so as the death angel comes through the land, he passes over the homes of those Jewish people who had obeyed the instruction of the Lord. And Jesus becomes the fulfillment of that lamb, that spotless lamb. Increase, multiply, fill. Increase, multiply, fill. This is God's heart. And God wouldn't let those people be oppressed any longer, and that's God's heart toward us today. That's God's heart in Jesus. Leviticus 23 says that on the 14th day of the month, that subsequent to that mighty deliverance, that they would recognize the Passover. On the 15th day, they would recognize the Feast of Unleavened Bread. On the Sabbath following, or the day following the Sabbath, they would recognize the first fruits, Jesus being the first fruits. Fifty days later, they would recognize harvest. All of those actual circumstances became prophetic acts for our deliverance today. Somebody said the other day, yeah, I'm really not into, really not into Resurrection Day. Uh, it really doesn't mean a lot to me because uh, I was hearing that uh, Jesus was actually crucified in October or something like that. Somebody mentioned some kind of an odd theological statement. But you know what? We know something very, very true about his crucifixion. Now, there can be speculation about his birth. Have you heard speculation about his birth? Is it really December 25th? Doubtful. But there's no speculation about his death. There's no speculation on the very, at the very moment, at the very moment. At the, this was so intricate. At the very moment that the Hebrew people were offering the Passover lamb on Nisan 14, which This week is March 30th. At that very moment, Jesus was being crucified. It's a historic fact. As they they move forward into that feast period, just roughly 2,000 years ago, and began to commemorate their hurried exit out of Egypt with unleavened bread, 
Jesus, the unleavened one, was going into the bowels of the earth and facing death, hell, and the grave and winning for us a mighty victory because there was no leaven of sin within him. At that very moment when they were waving a sheaf offering that next day and they were offering a first fruits offering, the first fruits the very resurrection and life, the first fruits of the dead was coming out of the grave triumphant and showing himself to the disciples. These are historic facts. And what was God doing with us? What was God up to? God was fulfilling the heart that he's shown us all along. Increase, multiply, and fill. It's not just us, but it's him in us, and it's him through us that he's building a people. He's building a people that will encompass, that will fill the earth, that we will be. We will be a part of that which fills the earth with the glory of God. And the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. Who do you think will be those billboards? Who do you think will be those representatives? Who do you think will be those shiny ones? Daniel says that in those days, those who know their God will do exploits, and they will shine like stars. That's you. That's us. That's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Increase, multiply, and fill. Everyone called of God is called to expand. Joshua took them into the promised land. And when it came time for him to pass, then others would take the baton. And they would have that same inward drive on the inside of them. There would be an anointing on the inside. of. There would be a call. David expanded the kingdom, the kingdom of of Israel to its largest realm, its largest victories. And then we come to the new covenant. The new covenant was to fulfill, was to fulfill what God had said over Abram in Genesis chapter 12. In you, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. God still has this on his mind, you know. Increase, multiply, and fill. The fact is, if you're just ever wondering what God is up to, increase, multiply, fill. Increase, multiply, fill. This is what God's got going on. Did you know 178,000 people are giving their lives to the Lord in the world today, every single day? As you know, 16,000 Muslims every day convert to Christianity. As you know, Christianity is just warming up. It's just warming up. It's just, it's, just, it's just beginning to gain such momentum that it is astounding. Astounding. Why? Because this is what's on God's heart. Joel foresaw this, and he gave this prophetic address. You remember the prophetic address that Joel gave? Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. 
And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. This was Joel having a vision of what Jesus would be releasing in the earth and what God would do subsequent to his coming. Joel was having this crazy vision of this, and then we see that it comes to pass, and in Acts chapter 2, Peter gets up on the day of Pentecost. You know what the day of Pentecost was? Do you remember what the day of Pentecost was? The day of Pentecost was that 50-day that 50-day celebration of harvest. This weekend, we come into Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. 50 days after that day after Sabbath, we're going to come to harvest. That's the day of Pentecost. That's the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, do you remember this? On the day of Pentecost, that's the day that God met Moses on the top of Mount Sinai with fire and smoke and gave him the law, gave him the word. That's the same day that God met 120 believers as they poured out of the temple with tongues of fire on their heads and poured out upon them his living word, the power of the Holy Spirit. So he saw that. And what did he have in mind? He saw in mind increase, multiply, and fill. This is God's heart. Like Satan has a narrative. How many of you know Satan has a narrative? You remember his narrative, John 10.10? Kill, steal, destroy. Does Satan have a narrative? Kill, steal, and destroy. God has a narrative. Increase, multiply, fill. They both have a narrative. And and just as sure as Satan has a narrative, Father has this narrative, and Jesus assures us time and time again. The anointing of the Holy Spirit assures us time and time again. The Word assures us that Father's narrative will come to pass. Listen to Mark 4.26. Jesus said, this is out of the New International Translation. Jesus said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground day and night, whether he sleeps or get up, the the seed sprouts and grows, though how he does not know. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts in the sickle to it because harvest has come. Again, he said, what is the kingdom like or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. These are pictures of an expanding kingdom, of a growing kingdom. God is growing the kingdom. And this is part of what is alive on the inside of us. This is, this is why we feel this desire to grow the kingdom. This is, it's, it's the Holy Spirit in you. This is why we feel the desire 
to do something for God. It's his nature being manifested in you. How many of you find sometimes that 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 is at work within you, and it's like to suppress that is not really a happy feeling? It's much better to give place to it than it is to suppress it. And, and sometimes I find that if I suppress it, I don't really feel that great about myself. It's so much better to work with this expanding, this zealous, this fruitful, this multiplying unction, desire, yearning of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Because it, it's attached to fulfillment. It's attached to all that God is. It's attached to the culture of heaven, it's, it's, it's attached, and it attaches us like a ligament to the very things we've been talking about, the love, the joy, the unity, the peace, the honor. They're all interrelated. And if I shut down one, I'm sure to shut down others. I want all of him working in my heart. Acts chapter 8, verse 1, we know that not long after the day of Pentecost, a great persecution rose up against the church. Probably freaked God out. I, I'm, I'm supposing all of heaven went into, like, sounding the lahar alarm. Great noises throughout the valley were going, right? No, God... God sees things like persecution. He sees things like bondage as opportunities of advancement. So Acts chapter 1 says there's a great persecution that rose up against the church. Do you remember who the, the focal point of that persecution was? Saul, who was converted to be Paul. They're praying, God, get him, God, get him, and, and God gets him. Turns him into the most zealous, amazing, crazy believer on the planet, right? On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. All except, all except the apostles were scattered. How'd that happen? The godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply. Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house, dragging men off, women, putting them in prison. Verse 4, though, jumping down. But those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. They preached the word wherever they went. Satan thought he was about ready to get another crazy victory, another bondage victory, another, another kill them victory, another Egypt-style victory. But God uses persecution to disperse them with the message and they go preaching everywhere they go, and the word prevails. And then we just read the stories of Philip, the miracle stories of him going into Samaria, and they come to the Lord, and they're healed, and they're delivered, and they're set free, and they receive the Lord. They're baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're baptized in water. And then, boom, he's caught up and moved to another place. Increase, multiply, fill. Be fruitful. Increase, multiply, fill. This is God's heart. It's God's word over our lives as well. God has programmed this to bring forth good as, the, as it is with the kingdom at the macro 
calls him of the kingdom, so it is with us. Look at Psalms 1, 1. You probably love this passage as much as I do. This is one of my favorites, Psalms 1, 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or set in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatsoever they do prospers. Come on, is that one of your favorite passages? Why? Why would that be a favorite passage? Because it so mirrors the kingdom culture, the heart of God, the heart of heaven. The declaration that he started with, with Adam in chapter 1 of Genesis, verse 28, be fruitful, increase, multiply, fill. When we read those passages, it, it wells up within us. The Holy Spirit bears witness to words such as those. This is God's heart for you. This is God's heart for you. This is God's heart for you. To be one who's blessed. I think it's woven into the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all flesh. I think we want to make, and I grew up in Pentecost, Pentecostal circles, and we have a tendency to take the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which happened literally as a first occurrence in Acts chapter 2. We, in Pentecost, my history, we have a tendency to take that outpouring of the Holy Spirit and make it all spiritual. Make it all about the the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit. Make it all about praying in a language we haven't learned or prophetic utterance or discerning of spirits. We, we have a tendency to make that all spiritual, but the way, the way the upon anointing started wasn't first all that spiritual. Not like that. The way the upon anointing first started was the priest or the prophet pouring a flask of oil on one who was called of God so that suddenly they would have an up-on anointing with a power, a grace, a strength, an enablement, a favor upon their lives to do what God had called them to do. That's the way it started. That's the way it started. It isn't just for a spiritual language. It, it isn't just for prophetic insight or, or healing the sick. It isn't just for the relegation, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which happened on the day of Pentecost, which was the day of harvest, Shabbat, 50 days after first fruits. It, it isn't just for something that's just reserved for the altar workers or, or the outreach team. Or, or for Benny Hinn's partners. 
This, this started as an empowerment for you in the banking industry and you in media and you called to real estate and you called to music and you called to teach and you who are called to raise those children right now with, with due diligence. But, but not now just with due diligence in the natural, but with a super upon your natural so that there's a grace, there's a favor, there's a strength on you, there's an enablement on you. This is the purpose of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it's to open your eyes when he said by Joel and then he, he fulfilled it and confirmed it by Peter in Acts chapter 2 when he said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh for the sake of dreams and visions and prophetic grace. It wasn't just meant for the altar team. It actually was dreams and visions that relate to every part of life that you touch and that you call, are called to in your ordinary experience, that those ordinary experiences become superordinary with God. No more is the ordinary ordinary for you because the same anointing, the same flask, the same oil that Samuel used on Saul, that Samuel used on David, that every one of those prophets, that, that that was a part of that mantle that was dropped when Elijah went up, that same anointing, that same anointing is what Joel was promising, and that same anointing is what has come upon us. And what does God have in mind? Increase, multiply, increase, multiply, fill, be fruitful, increase, multiply, and fill. All at once, you have a grace on you. You have that same initial glorious grace that was on Adam in the beginning. That glory that, that, that was lost is on you now. And it's not just for what you do at the altars. It's for what you do in everyday life. Because God loves what you do in everyday life. Your generation can't exist without what you do in everyday life. And your generation cannot flourish without an upon anointing upon you to bring forth the supernatural expression of his wisdom and his insight and his goodness into culture in your everyday life. Do you believe that? Now, he knits this all to the church. As well, he knits this, and all the way through, through Scripture, he kind of knits it to the house of God, to the church, that there's still relevance to the local assembly. In fact, is, as the church was getting launched, Paul appointed elders in every city that they would have a local assembly. We find scriptural keys that that when we're tied to a house, when we're tied to a congregation, when we're tied to a people, there's something about that in God that is rich, that is fulfilling. Psalm 92.12, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. This sounds a lot like 
the narrative of God. This sounds a lot like increase, multiply, be fruitful, fill. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there's no wickedness in him. You know, you know what I think gives, gives extreme purpose? You know, what I, you know what I think fills the tree trunk of us as we grow old? It's attachment to the people of God, the house of God. Attachment. There's attachment. When there's attachment to the people, of, when we're building what God is building, how many of you know that is a powerful thing? They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. This is where I see God calling us, always calling us, that together we can fulfill his heart and we can walk in his narrative, the kingdom narrative, to increase, multiply, expand, and fill. I threw this out this week, and uh, it's a theme at the Wolf House for sure. That if you build his house, he will build yours. How many of you know that? Now, what we're inviting you into as a part of Victory Sunday and Vision 2018 is that you would have a yes within you that says you want to be a part of the kingdom narrative. This is one place where you can move from spectator to a player. And I don't know about you, but I've, I've been a spectator in certain sports, and I've sat in those stands, and I wished I would have gone out. There was a time where I went out for, and nobody giggled, but when I was 121 pounds, I kind of remember Caleb doing this too. I went out for football. Later when I got all the way up to 156, I kind of wished I would have stayed. You ever been a spectator though and wish you could be a player? That's the joy of kingdom involvement. Is that when, when God drops us into a body, and drops into our heart that we're a part of a kingdom expression, and he's igniting that body and our own hearts with his narrative, increase, multiply, be fruitful, fill, then we don't have to be spectators. We can be participants. We can be players. We can make a difference. And when all of us together shoulder something together, when we're all on the field and we're all a part of something, then the momentum of victory that God gets through that is so astounding. And it makes all of us rejoice. How much do we rejoice when the Seahawks are winning 
as spectators. But how much more do the players rejoice when they're winning? We're gathered around our television sets. We're gathered around. Some of us get to go to some of the games, and we'll be a part of some of that as a spectator. And we feel the energy. We feel like it's, it's contagious. It's powerful. There's a force to it when they're winning. And we're a part of the spectators that have joined themselves to number 12. And we are that fan base. And then we even hear them say how much they rely on us. But how much more is their exuberance and life for those players? And I think that's what God invites us into as we set our heart on vision, as we look toward the future, as we say, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of building. I want to be a part of something greater. Amen? I'm going to ask the team to come and just bring the vision handout to you and the band to come to the platform as well as we prepare to close. They're going to bring the vision handout to you. And this is simply a way for you in this season of 2018 to engage in this kingdom narrative. You'll see the card that's coming to you. It says Vision Builders 2018. And I want you to grab that. And this talks about our visions this year of increase and multiplication, of fruitfulness and of filling. Number one, restored life expansion. You know, we're crazy enough to believe that restored life has so much power to it, it's like a bomb about to go off. And our heart is still, right now, this year we had our restored life book transcribed, and our heart right now is to add staffing to the restored life ministry, to increase the media ministry. You know what we hope to do with restored life? We hope one of our visions is to write a restored Life Study Bible. We hope to expand this, not only stateside, but continue to expand it to the nations because of the power, the grace, the wisdom that it gives those around the world in other nations that we're seeing to bring balanced deliverance and restoration to people's lives. The second one that I'll mention to you is the shuttle ministry. Many of you know we came to you. We picked up this new shuttle just a few weeks ago. After taxes, we're at $21,500. Got to love those sales taxes. We are $16,000 in the red on that shuttle. We just launched out on faith. We just knew you were going to help us because it's that shuttle that helps us bring people in. It's that shuttle that we use for outreach. It's that shuttle that we use for youth and for camps. It's that shuttle that gives us a lot of, pardon the pun, traction every single week. And we needed one that would be effective, efficient, not breaking down every week. Next, we've gone out on a limb and got some digital TV equipment. 
Uh, two new cameras are doing our stream today, so that's cool. Lots of fun expansion coming in our television department. And uh, if you've noticed in the usher's closet, the giant monster behemoth is gone. So we're making progress there. We're asking you to make a one-time offering this morning, and we're asking you to make a monthly gift into something. Pick an area and make a monthly gift. And as we go through this, I want you to think about it even now, because this is how we're going to close our service today, saying, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of the increase, the multiplication, the fruitfulness the filling of this expression right here in 2018. Number four, we have complete the upstairs. We, uh, many of you know, we have a large sum of money set aside for that. And our prayer is to launch into fulfilling the completion of that 6,000 square feet and then adding on to the foyer. And we invite you to be a part of that. Next, number five, new projectors and screens. We've got some stage remodel coming. We've got projectors that are fading. And uh, we've got about, I don't know what it is, 5000 or more dollars worth of needs before us so that our presentation and our ministry can continue to be all that it needs to be. Lastly, We've got on here the Fellowship Hall Partition. As children's ministries needs have shifted, we've come into the place where we need about a $5,000 partition door. So we're inviting you. Now, these are offerings, and I want you to take this little bitty sheet, and this is the one you're going to write your faith promise giving goal, aspiration on right here. So once I pray over you, we gave you two sheets of paper this morning because we want you to take the big one home and we want you to have a ongoing reminder of what you're believing for, for the house, the increase, the multiplication, the growth, and then This one here, we're asking you to turn this in this morning. And you have an envelope so that you could give a lump sum gift this morning. Now, some of you knew this was coming. Some of you didn't. Some of you, we've taken you totally by surprise. And that's why we're giving you cards and envelopes and some time to think and and to pray about it. Some of you, this isn't your church home. And so, like the last seven minutes is just like wearing you out. But nonetheless, you're going to love me anyway because the Lord is asking you to do so. Lastly, we want you to take this. You've got one more card in your packet. The last card in your packet is what I want you to believe, what you are, I want you to write down what you're believing for. Now, this is the card that we're going to be praying over, and this is the card that we want you to bring before the Lord. Right now, Joel and I have uh, kind of a crazy need that would bring an amazing breakthrough in our lives. 
So we knew this was coming this morning. So on our way in, we kind of talked about what we'll give. And we talked about the check that we're going to write. And then we talked about what we're going to believe for. We're believing to sell some property that we picked up 10 years ago. And it's time to let it go. And the market's good. And so we're going to believe for a maximum price on that property. But I want you to write down this morning as you respond, as you come forward, as you allow the Lord to just minister encouragement to you, I want you to write down something you're believing for. And we're going to pin these on the heaven meets earth board this morning. So you're going to come up and pin these and we're, we're just going to post these for a season in the church so that as we come in and as we see them and as we recognize what's going on, we see the heart of people that are believing for increase, fruitfulness, multiplication, and filling. Because God wants to do something in your life. Now it could be, as Pastor Chris was alluding to during worship, the healing of your body, it could be the restoring of a relationship, it could be a family coming together, it could be the solving of a problem, it could be a change of employment, it could be an increase of monetary favor at work. But we're going to pray and then I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to just minister to your heart. You're going to ask the Holy Spirit to show you what he's up to and then I want you to write these things down and bring your gift up this morning along with your your little card put those in the buckets bring up the card that says what you're believing for and I want you to grab a thumbtack and post these on the board and we're going to close and worship that way and I want you to be assured of something this morning as we close that what David wrote this is the same David that that advanced the kingdom. This is the same David that yearned for the house of God. In 2 Samuel 7, he says, Oh God, that I could build you a house. This is the same David who wrote Psalm 92. That those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. That they will be full of sap. That they will flourish. That's God's word over you. His narrative has not changed. His narrative is exactly what he started with. Be fruitful, multiply, increase, and subdue. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment. Holy Spirit, we just love that you've called us together. We love that you've knit us to this house. We, we love that you've knit us to one another. We love what you're doing. We love the fulfillment of vision. Lord, we've knit, we've attached our vision to this house. We've attached our vision to you. You've attached your vision to us. We admit today we're dependent upon your narrative. We're dependent upon your anointing. Increase. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill. Subdue. Lord, we are, we're dependent upon the stability of your narrative, that this is your heart. We welcome the culture of heaven to have full place within us. We ask you to show us this morning how to partner with you financially. We ask you how to 
to show us this morning what to believe for, what kind of breakthrough, the very thing that's on our heart, the very thing that's needed in our lives, the very thing that you are passionate about as well. We thank you for it this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. We're going to worship as we close. And I invite you to just partner with us. Be a part of this as God moves on your heart. Let's stand.